the Staff and Graph podcast. This is weird. My lock's been drilled, so I open the door and my steering wheel is missing. Inlinks are salad. You know what? You're trying very hard not to get sued. You can have all the talent in the world skating around, but if you don't have a goaltender, it does not matter. Team tidy business, baby. All right, Rachel, no small talk today. We have a lot to cover, so I don't care how you're doing. I don't, I don't care what's going on. We're only talking about hockey. Let's jump right into it, okay? Okay. Let's do that. Um, let's I don't care the- about how you're doing either, by the yeah, way. Yeah, I don't also care how I'm doing. <laughs> so there we go. Um, all right, Ryan Johansson is now a uh, Colorado avalanche. Um, this is a very interesting deal. Uh, you know, yeah, this came was, out of nowhere. Yeah, so this came out of nowhere. I'm going to be honest. I thought, because Johansson has had so many, or Johansson, however you want to pronounce it, has had so many um, like injuries over the years that I thought this was like a Shea Weber type thing right off the hop. I thought like there was an announcement that was going to come where it's like, you know, Shea, you, uh, Ryan Johansson has like back surgery or something and he can't play anymore. So this is going to be good for like salary cap space. But no. He's going to be playing. And despite, um, you know, some off years, the last like two years due to injury, you know, he's been limited, uh, uh, you know, to he's been limited. He was limited to 55 games the year before uh, or sorry, this this past season. He's still like an, a decently effective little uh, little player. Yeah. And I think if you look at it um, in the series against Seattle, Colorado got exposed for not having depth and the loss of Nazem Kadri really hurt them. And I think it hurt them more than they suspected it would. Um, so getting Ryan Johansson, he had to play top line center in Nashville. And kind of like you said, like he's good, but he's not capable of being a top line center. No. Is he capable of playing behind Nathan McKinnon? I, yes, he's capable of playing behind Nathan McKinnon. Absolutely. I think, yeah. And I think a $4 million second line center, uh, you could do a lot worse than that. And this is also a $4 million second line center that like just one year ago. So not, not 2022, but 2023 had 20 it's played in 79 games. So he was healthy at 26 goals, 37 to six, 63 points, you know? Yeah. Like, that's like, not bad at somebody, all. Exactly. And he's somebody who's proven he can play in the Western conference. I think not even, I think he's going to have better players around him in Colorado than he did in Nashville. I mean, um, yeah. <laughs> the bar wasn't very high. And I think that this is a great opportunity. Colorado needs scoring. Um, mm-hmm. And Johansson can provide that. But on the flip side of it, Nashville, they retain 50%, but they clear $4 million in cap space. Also open up an opportunity for a young guy like Phil Tomasino to really take a hold of a full-time role. Maybe Cody Glass continues to develop in his role. And this gives Barry Trotz cap space to trade for Alex Debrinkat? Question mark. It's still gonna take me a while to be like that. This gives Barry Trotz cap space to because that's that's well. But yeah, if you look at it's it's hilarious. First of all, they have nineteen million dollars in cap space. Maybe right Mark now. Shifley. Maybe. Um, well, they need scoring, and and Nashville has nineteen, almost twenty million. Like they have nineteen point five million dollars in cap space right now. Their their lineup is is or at least their forward core is so top heavy because it's 
Matt Duchesne making eight million, and then it's Colton Sissons making a very specific like two point eight five seven whatever, and then it's just Yakov Trenin and then a bunch of league league men guys. And they also have Philip Forsberg, but he's on he's on LTI. IR. Yeah, but he'll be back for the start of next season. Sure. I, so I yeah. think like Phil Tomasino is going to get a chance. I think um, they're going depending on sort of what way the cards fall. Igor Afanasyev might get a chance. He's a younger player. Um, I could see. Nashville also shipping some older guys out and, and getting some some younger players in, maybe somebody like a Sharon Govich out of New Jersey, um, something like that. But I think this deal works for both teams, right? Nashville gets the cap space, um, and if they want Galchenyuk, they can have it. And then Colorado gets a second-line center at a reduced rate. It's one of those, hey, it works out for both teams. I like it. I like it too. There's also the the fact that I, I'm, I guess now um, – the like Alexander or Alex Galchenyuk is now the new like future considerations. Like he's he, Mike like, Sillinger. <laughs> like no, but he like the like the rights to Alexander Galchenyuk are like that as is as close to future considerations as an <laughs> asset that is tangible can be. The like not even him who is who has played for eight different teams in the last eight seasons, but it's. <laughs> or not eight different, actually eight teams, I believe. Cause he went back to Arizona, but, um, yeah. but like, whoa. Um, but the, the signing rights to him, like not even him at all, but I always love that. You can, you have the rights to this player, AKA we were never going to sign him. So exactly. Do your thing. Colorado bro. real quick though, uh, before we move on, because we're just going to rip through these. Um, they have a very interesting cap situation because obviously they would like to sign, uh, to sign JT Comfer. Great mm-hmm. year this year. He's one of the top free agents on the market. That just goes to show how weak this class is, but also like he's a useful player. Um, yeah. And yeah. And they, they like, they have a ton of guys who need new deals. You know, they like new hook needs a new deal. Then they have Confer needs a new deal. You know, like Evan Rodriguez, do they want to resign him? He, he needs a new deal, you know, like yeah, they, they're probably not affording him. Exactly. And they have, they now have $8.5 million in, in cap space. Plus but, Gabe Landis Gog's money. Yeah, that's true. He ain't gonna be ready. Uh, no, he's. Didn't they say he's missing all of next season as well? Like, already? um, there is a non-zero chance he never plays again. Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah. he went. He underwent like a ridiculous. Knee uh, procedure yeah. That I'm not gonna explain is. the knee procedure because I'll pass out. But when it was explained to me in depth what it was, I was like, um, I'm not sure that he's going to be playing anymore. That sounds horrendous. So yeah, um, I think this is a good deal for both teams. Shall yeah. we? Shall we move on? Yeah, I have no idea what Colorado's going to do to fill out their roster, but they're a smart team, smart front office. We'll see. Now, here's one that surprised me. Um, in Sean Dersey getting shipped to the desert uh, from LA in exchange for a second round pick. Um, it's not to look. I, it did kind of seem like the like the Kings were never super high on Dersey. Um, because he had a great rookie season. He stepped in um, and he showed a ton of potential and they still like grinded him down on RFA to like, you know, right before training. Like I believe he signed in yeah. September and it was only for, for like one point, I believe seven, five or something like that. Um, and he, he improved offensively, but he did have his defensive faults this season. Um, and now they, they just ship him out. And yeah. The thing with LA, when the thing about LA is they 
want to win now, right? They've got Kopitar and Dano, those guys, they got Doughty. Um, They've just signed Gavrikov. Like, they're in win-now mode. And because they've drafted so darn well, they have so much depth, whether it be in the AHL, that they can afford to do this kind of stuff, right? They can afford to trade Helga Granz. They can afford to trade Brock Faber. They can afford to trade Sean Dursey because, hey, you trade Sean Dursey, you just call up Jordan Spence into the lineup you go. Thanks for coming. Like, this is what happens when you draft and develop well. But So they get a Montreal second in 2024. It's not LA second, which was owned. um, Or sorry, it's not Arizona second. Um, Arizona has like 11 second round picks in the next two years. So they can shirk that off. And Sean Dursey instantly becomes their best defenseman. But the funniest thing that came out of this was Arizona has told teams they, quote, want to be better. To which I said... um, well, it's pretty hard to be in a worse situation than you are right now, given the on-ice stuff, the off-ice stuff, the where you're playing hockey right now, the arena dumpster fire nonsense. Like, you really, if you took a step backwards, you would be, like, relegated. I don't even know what a step back looks like. Exactly. Now, but, but like, what they're saying is, like, look, we, we don't want to... Like, we're not going to, it's funny, they had to come out and say, we're not going to be the dumpster of the league anymore. Like, we're not going to be where you dump all your, we're not going to be the money launderer of the league. That's what they were. Yeah, we want to appease Clayton Keller because we don't want to lose him too. um, After the greatest player in franchise history left our front office because we wouldn't listen to him. So that's interesting. But the more interesting part of this to me is LA's side of it. LA is heavily rumored to be getting Pierre-Luc Dubois and they've cleared Cal Peterson's salary and now Sean Dursey's salary. And Sean Walker. And Sean Walker. I don't want to hear that it's impossible to clear salary off your books because Los Angeles in the last two weeks has cleared over $9 million in cap space. So it's possible. You just have to know what you're doing. Um, I don't understand why they want Pierre-Luc Dubois. They have Anze Kopitar and Philippe Deneau and Rasmus Kupari and Alex Turcotte and Quinton Byfield. All of those guys are centers. Obviously, there's five of them. So some of them play the wing. But center is a position of strength for LA and they need scoring. And so if I were LA, I would be pursuing a player like Alex Debrinkat over somebody like Pierre-Luc Dubois it like it just doesn't make sense to me unless you have to send Quinton Byfield in the Pure Luke Dubois deal, but he wasn't even rumored in that. That was Ayafalo, who's a winger. It's like, well, what are you doing? Well, Byfield played a lot of wing this year, right? Like but they, he, they, they clearly it seems like they view him as a long term winger now, which is interesting because they drafted him as a center and then went and signed Philip Deneau. Like it just. None of that roster construction makes any sense to me at all. Um, neither does the fact that they literally don't have a goaltender. Um, that's a choice. Well, I they guess. wanna they wanna bring back they clearly wanna didn't wait, no, didn't they sign Copley to a, an extension? Yeah, I yeah, mean like an actual goaltender. So they're they're clearly gonna try and sign Corpusalo. Um that's, that's not like, a great tandem. That's yeah, Corpusalo <laughs> Copley. I mean, that was their tandem last year. They want to run it back. Um, you're right. It's, it's, it's very interesting. I, clearly what they want to do here is they want to, 
first of all, Turcotte has taken a while to develop. Yeah, th- he's had some injury issues. I think that he probably needs to be moved to a different organization. But where Kupari and Byfield are concerned, that's not it's they, not the, it's not the case. I think what they want to do is they want to make those two wingers or at least have the the ability to shift them around and then have a one, two, three of you know Anze Kopitar, Pierre Luc Dubois, and then Philip Deneau, which is fantastic. That's a that's a very, very good one, two, three. That's a lot of money for those top two, but you know, we've seen because apparently Dubois wants like nine million dollars, even though he's done nothing to prove that he wants that. Um, mm, yeah, that is an instantaneous no from me. Well, that's what that, he said. He said he first wants of all, that. Would you not? I would have concerns that Pierre Luc Dubois is our age and is now asking mm-hmm. out of his second NHL organization. Yeah, now here's, I'd have concerns about that. The thing is, is look, we we've already talked about this before, really, where it's like we support players. Yes. You know, like being able to choose where they work. You know, we're in a we're in a work. I believe we talked about this last episode, even we're like yeah. we, uh, you know, like you're in a. It, at the end of the day, it's a workplace, whatever. But Pierre Dubois, like straight up, he quiet quit on the, you know, like quiet quitting where you just. Yeah, well, no, he absolute, loudly quit. Yeah, on I mean, the that's loud. But but like he, <laughs> he just stopped trying in Columbus to the point where they where it's like this is embarrassing. Like we have to we have it to trade so you. Oh, bad. And now and that was his escape plan. He forced his way out. He he hatched an escape plan to go somewhere else. And now he's hatching an escape plan from his escape plan. And I just think that that's a little little ridiculous. And it's been an open secret for like 2 years now. It's not even like he's coming up on free agency and he's like, "All right, now I'm going to like, you know, like he's coming up on RFA and he's like, "Now no, it's been an open secret for a long time that he wants out." And, and and that he wants to go to Montreal. Like, what if Kent Hughes is like, we don't want you? I mean, look, they've apparently circled back around, but LA is looks like they're they're going full steam ahead. And look, they're a worse place to play than LA. Like, I feel really bad for Sean Dersey because or, or Jesse Pollock being like, Winnipeg's a better place to play in LA. Jesse, with all due respect, you're out of your goddamn. He mind. did. He said what? Yeah. He said Winnipeg is a better place to play than Los Angeles. And I'm like, have you been to those cities? Listen, I um <laughs> that would be like saying I would rather play in the mountain in Landshut over Berlin. It's like listen. I would rather play in the middle of goddamn nowhere where there's no airport rather than one of the best metropolitan cities in the continent. Listen. Like, <laughs> I've never met Jesse. Um, I've heard nothing but great things a- about him as a person. I'm sure him and I would would get along real well, have, you know, have some beers, just guys being dudes. But no one has, <laughs> no one's like posting on Twitter has like made me cringe more than him in the last maybe like 12 months. Like outside of it's know, tough like right wing people like it's it's, it's oh, tough. yeah no 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 we're talking hockey not that exactly like it is <laughs> wild and that and like i have jets fans who are like dude he is like stop being a pick me like just like you need to oh my god anyway pierre luc dubois is is yeah i feel bad for sean dersey because he went from look he got traded from his childhood team before he even got to yeah he got drafted by his childhood team then got traded before he even got to play uh really for them then, but he goes to LA and he's like, yeah, I'm chilling in LA, a Kings team that is on the up. I've done, you know, I've, I've done well uh, for them in my first two years, you know, like this is great. We're potential contenders. And then right before the draft, he gets traded to 
the Arizona Coyotes, where yes, he's going to get a huge opportunity, but like, dude, you're playing in front of like 5,000 people max. Um, you might not be the Arizona Coyotes this time next year. You have no idea where you're going to go. So you have no, right. so you, like, do you, do, you don't buy property there because you might have to move right away. Like it is, it is tough. I feel really bad for him. Yeah, if players were pulling a Dubois in Arizona, I wouldn't blame them. Like, if they were walking themselves to free agency, I wouldn't blame them. But, like, Dubois doing this twice should give any team, including Montreal, pause. Because what happens, inevitably, when Dubois goes through a slump in Montreal as a French-Canadian and he's he's overpaid and he gets legitimately dragged through the mud, is he going to quit on that, too? Like... At what point is he a quitter? Like, I that think, question's got to start. I think he's a quitter asked. right now. Yeah. Okay. So let's, that's that. Yeah. That's Next? that. Speaking <laughs> of, look, speaking of, of players who should be pulling, uh, uh, should be pulling uh, PLDs, um, it's Taylor Hall. And I tweeted, I tweeted that Taylor Hall should be chaining himself to the, to the Bruins facility right now. Um, because he just got traded to the Chicago Blackhawks along with the rights to Nick Foligno in exchange for the signing rights to two RFAs that you know Boston potentially may not even end up signing at all. I think they like Ian Mitchell. Yeah, because he played under Jim Montgomery before. So that, that makes sense. But um, yeah, this is, I mean, look, they clear, uh, the Bruins clear $6 million off the cap, like just flat. Like they're able to just clear Taylor Hall. But I... Before we get into the actual hockey stuff, I feel horrible for Taylor Hall. And you know Taylor Hall, obviously. Like, you worked with him, so I'm sure you know better. But, like, look, this guy bounced around. It, uh, you know, he was trapped on, like, like some of the most dysfunctional teams in NHL history when it came to the Oilers. And then went to – and then, you know, and then goes to Arizona again. Uh, oh, no, then won goes, a heart sorry. trophy in New Jersey. I Thank forgot, you very I forgot much. it was the other way around. Sorry, I forgot it was the other way around. Then he goes, then he finally goes, and then he gets traded in the one for one trade, goes to New Jersey, wins a heart trophy, finally gets to the playoffs, bounced in five games, and then the Devils just fall off a cliff. And then, and you were there when a lot of that happened. <laughs> yep. And, and then, uh, and then he gets traded to, to the Coyotes for some reason, and they don't do anything, and he has to be there, and whatever. And then and he goes to Buffalo. And then he hits free agency right, like for the first time ever, we can choose right when COVID hits. So everything gets messed up there. And he and and he thinks he's gonna get this long term huge money contract, and, and his he agent doesn't. Absolutely screws him, sewers him. him. So he has to take a one year deal in Buffalo, and then this and this is not current Buffalo that's like exciting. This is that- Buffalo. This is the Buffalo that robbed Ryan O'Reilly of his love for the game, and and co- and and convinced Patrick Berglund to just retire. Yeah, after like a pre- one preseason game basically, or like five races. I can't even remember. Then so then then he finally after and keep in mind the pandemic season for Buffalo was like what like horrendous. next next level. It was it yeah, was like it was the Colorado forty two point yeah, season. it was really bad. It was one of the worst seasons in the salary cap era. And then he gets traded to the Bruins miraculously. He gets to go to the playoffs. And then and he was good in the playoffs. He was good. He was good. He got 14 points in 16 games after getting acquired by them. And then he gets goes to Boston. He gets to experience what like a real organization is like. And then he's like, I want to make this my home. So he signs a, he signs a four year extension, six million. He's doing great. He has a great first season. He's injured a bit last year, but he's still on like a 25 goal pace. You know, he's still chipping in. And then there and then they have one of the biggest collapses. And then Ever. he gets. Tra- 
ever. And then he gets traded to the worst team in the league. And I know yeah. that they're going to have Connor Bedard. I know that they're going to they're going to get a talent. But if you remember, the Oilers were pretty bad with Connor McDavid in their first season too. And that Oilers team at least had actual living, breathing players. If I was Taylor Hall, I would be furious. And on top of that, he has a 16-team no-trade list. But this is the one team, this is one of those 16 teams that he doesn't have on them because the Blackhawks weren't the worst team in the league when he signed that deal and put that trade protection you can, into you account. Can tr- you can change your no uh, your trade protection list at any point. But he did uh, and that's his fault. Um, no, I don't think it is. Um, first of all, that's actually his agent's fault if he wanted to change. Cause that did he change, did he change agents? He did not. Oh, well, um, that, okay. So that's his fault. <laughs> that's his fault. What I will say is this. I think a lot of people are making a big deal about it. And, um, like me who just went on a five minute rant about it. Yeah. Yep. And I'm going to tell you that you're wrong. Um, because I think a lot of people are underestimating and completely miscalculating how Taylor feels about this deal. Really? Uh, yep. Not gonna say how I know. I'm just gonna say that I think I, I think that that's getting miscalculated. Um, okay. Chicago is on the upswing. Yes, I agree with you. They are I mean... sham- they are in shambles right now, in total shambles. But, and it's a big but. Uh, Taylor is obviously guaranteed to play with Connor Bedard next year. He is one of the most evolving wild pointed out. And it's something you and I already knew uh, because of my connection to him. He's one of the most underrated two-way players in the game. Yeah. So he is going to be ideal for Bedard. He's fast enough keep, to keep up with him. He's smart enough. He can go win pucks and get them to Bedard. I expect Taylor to be a point of game player next year. I expect Connor Bedard to have about 70 to 75 points. Um. And like you pointed out, the Oilers were not good with McDavid in year one. Taylor's contract is longer than one year. It's two. And, and if you think about it, think about all the exciting players that are likely to step in at some point. You have Kevin Korchinski. You have Frank Nazer. You have Sam Renzel. You have Lucas Reichel. Um, now you're getting Taylor Hall, that Connor Bedard fellow. Um, there, there is a Drew Camiso as well in net. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot coming and at least where Chicago is concerned, it's coming sooner than later. I would not be surprised if Korchinski is playing in Chicago this year. I would not be surprised if Frank Nazar is playing in Chicago at the end of this season. I think Chicago probably has one more year where they're poor. And then I think not this coming season, but the season after where Taylor is, I want to say 30, um, they are going to be thirty-one right now for a playoff spot. Is he really? Yeah. So, so when he's thirty-three, they might be contending 30, for a playoff yeah. spot. No, he and just also turned he'll be thirty-one, a, and he'll be a free agent. He turned he turned thirty-one on November fourteenth. So, so he didn't. He's almost thirty-two. He's six months. Yeah. Um, the thing, like, I just you don't get the opportunity to play with star players all that often. No, it's true. He was ne- he was never going to have a star center in Boston. And now he gets to play with Connor Bedard and probably at the age of 34 have 70 odd points and get himself another pretty decent contract because he's playing next to Connor Bedard. And from a money perspective, that wouldn't be happening in Boston. No, you're right. He probably, he, he would be a role player in Boston where, where else, but right. And can you, can you make $6 million as a role player or can you make, 
$6 million on a new contract after you just scored 75 points with Connor Bedard. You probably can't. Look, that's from a money making perspective. This is a this is a better spot. It's great for a money making perspective, but I do I feel I feel really bad for him because he like like as much as it's great for a money making perspective. Taylor Hall doesn't care about the money anymore, or at least that's what he that's what he said. And, yeah, he doesn't. And so the, the biggest thing is him winning a Stanley Cup. He finally got a taste of the playoffs, and now he won't be in it for at the very least another two years. I think I think next seat like not this one coming the season after Chicago may get there. I think a lot of I think the young players like you saw what it did to the Leafs way back when. Mm -hmm. I think this will have the same impact. The difference between the Leafs and the Blackhawks with respect to Austin Matthews. There's a Connor Bedard involved there Um, and not a Mike Babcock. So I I. I think that the playoffs next season, like 2024, 2025, is a reasonable expectation for Chicago. Um, And who knows? Maybe Chicago is good and they want to maximize Bedard's ELC years. And maybe they're better than we think they'll be. I don't think they'll be that good. But this is one of those things where you don't know. We can't say that Connor Bedard is going to be um, or, or that Chicago is going to be the mess with Connor Bedard that Edmonton was with McDavid mm-hmm. because Edmonton was being run by a bunch of dudes who idiots. Yeah. Like it was ridiculous. Whereas I think Kyle Davidson has shown he's made some pretty shrewd moves. This is a shrewd move. Yeah. Oh, this is real shrewd. Yeah. Um, this is highway robbery. And I would also like to say that choosing Tyler Bertuzzi over Taylor Hall is a hell of a choice to be making. The one thing I will say though is that Bertuzzi's younger than Taylor. Worse. Ah, uh, yeah, you know, Wor- like it's way, way worse. Don't get that twisted. Way yeah, worse. Yeah, his number. Also, how much can he be commanding? This is what Tyler Bertuzzi has has like he had a thirty goal, he had a thirty goal year in twenty twenty one, twenty two. But other than that, it's been like he's either been hurt or he's had or- like. 20 ish and he only had four like he he chipped in pretty well in terms of points but like he he only had four he only had eight goals last year why did i think taylor had taylor's contract was longer yeah he's got two years left yeah so Um, the thing is like hall will be a free agent by the time they really start to push but at the same time the blackhawks have 31 million dollars in cap space and this is after taking taking taylor hall's entire salary basically they're gonna be the team that gets like higher end players because other teams have to get rid of them like uh not sure like vancouver up until they bought out oliver ekman larson was legitimately over the cap they're still trying to move connor garland they're still trying to move brock besser you're telling me chicago wouldn't take a brock besser could you imagine a top line of connor bedard brock besser and taylor hall that's not bad that's an immediate improvement over whatever the hell it was last year why why weren't the like why weren't the Blackhawks in on, on Sean Dersey? Maybe they were. Maybe they were, you're right. But that like that seems like the perfect type of player they should they should be adding. Yeah, right because now. he could help usher in Kevin Korch. Obviously, there's Seth Jones. Wow, that's a bad contract. Yeah, um, but they still have thirty one million dollars in cap space with Seth Jones crazy. on the books. Um, but okay, but then you also have to assume that three years from now, Connor Bedard's gonna account for 70% of that cap space. Um, for 70? 
17. Oh, I was like, what? How much is he getting paid? Yeah, um, no, he'll get he'll get pretty close to a max contract, I'd have to think. I also forgot that the, the Blackhawks have Nikita Zaitsev. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yes, that is contract's that. expiring. Um, it's expiring, but that's still that's still very funny. Yeah, me. like I think the thing with Chicago is with all the contracts that they do have expiring, they have an opportunity to really turn it around and quickly. Um, and so I would not underestimate one Taylor Hall's ability to succeed there. And two, maybe he wants to remain there if he sees her on the up and up, because I mean, look, who's won the last few Stanley Cubs, right? Yeah. There's been a star on every team, Jack Eichel this year, Nathan McKinnon and Kale McCarr. Then you've got Kucherov, Vasilevsky, Hedman. Like you need stars Crosby, to win. Malkin. Yeah. Connor Bedard is going to be a star. Make no mistake about it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so it's, I'd rather be on a team that has a guaranteed star. Yeah, absolutely. Boston does, not, Boston does not have a single player that will hold a candle to Connor Bedard at any point. At any and point. Chicago's pretty rad. Come, if you're, uh, the like, city of Chicago is pretty. I was just there for my cousin's wedding yeah. uh, this weekend. If you are wealthy, and Taylor Hall is, yep. Chicago's a pretty sweet place to live. Yep. Go Cubbies. Yeah, exactly. Um, all right, let's let's keep uh, keep going on here into a trade that was apparently going to knock our socks off, and then uh, it didn't turn out to be this big crazy blockbuster trade that was supposed to go down uh, between the Philadelphia Flyers and uh, 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 was it the St. Louis Blues? Oh yes, sorry, the St. Louis Blues. Yes. Um, I don't know why, because Corey Krug is right at the top of our list, so I do not know why I blanked on that. Anyway, um, yes, so it was supposed to go down between the Blues and the Flyers, and it got next because Tory Krug uh, has a no-trade clause, or I believe a no-move clause, and um, and he uh, – take, let's take a look at that. Actually, I have Cat Friendly up right now, so I'll just take a look at that. Or, I, yeah. mean, I mean Puckpedia, because we uh, – No. Uh, uh, our corporate mm. overlords at Puckpedia. Um <laughs> Tory Krug has a no trade clause. It doesn't. Yeah, and here's the thing, Doug Armstrong. If you don't want to have the trade you worked so hard to make next, don't hand out no trade and no movement clauses like they're Halloween candy. Which I mean, holy moly, St. Louis. They have like twelve no trade clauses on their roster. Okay, like so over have... half their roster has no trade clauses. So Braden Shen has a fifteen trade, fifteen yeah, no trade so clause. Kuznevich is a twelve. Saad has a twelve. Um, Bujnevich plays for Vegas. No, he doesn't. That's Barbashev. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, if Bujnevich played for Vegas, that'd be pretty sweet. Um, Falk has a no trade clause. It's 15 for some reason. Uh, Tori Krug has a no trade clause. Colton Pareko has a no trade clause. Nick Letty has a 16 team no trade clause. Nick Letty has a no trade clause. And Marco Scandella has a modified no trade clause. It's seven teams. Oh, and, and also uh, Jordan Bennington has a no trade clause. Oh um, my God. That's so that's so that's very cool um and definitely not alarming at all oh he, yeah God. so here's the thing tory Krug. like i don't know, understand why they thought tory krug would want to wave because he just had according and this is according to uh john butchergrass like he just had a child three months ago and he yeah, has, i follow his wife on instagram their child is like i want to say is like a fetus 14, yeah 14 yeah. weeks old and and they also have a two-year-old daughter and they just lay down roots there. So I don't know why they thought he would he would move. And on top of that, too, like he is in the right for waiving this. And also, why would you want to go 
to the 2023-24 Philadelphia Flyers under John Tortorella. I there is probably no I would I would like Arizona other, exists. Other than Arizona, there is no other team I would least like to play for if I was a player who had any any choice over where I played. Oh, I can name a few, but I don't want to get Well, I mean, I don't know if I'd want to go to Vancouver either. But <laughs> but like but I mean, I'm serious. Like like imagine imagine going to a team that is going to suck really bad. And on top of sucking really bad, you have to deal with John Tortorella every day. Well, he's dealing with Craig Verube right now, which is not exactly any better. Yeah, but um, at least it, but it like it's better than John Tortorella. I don't know about that one. Craig um, Verube sucks as a as a, 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 a human, I guess. Or not as a human. No. I, I'm sure he's a nice guy. But he but like in terms of being a coach, like as a boss. Yeah, he's difficult to deal with. He's difficult to deal with. But I would take I would take Craig Verube over John Tortorella. And okay, so like the deal would have involved sending Kevin Hayes and Travis Sanheim the other way. Obviously, Travis Sanheim is the key part in that deal because he's relatively young. I, I believe he's a year younger than us. He's 26, uh, I believe. Yeah, so he's a year younger than us. Um, and he's got an eight-year, $625 million deal. Last summer. He just signed it, too. Last summer, before he signed that extension, there were a lot of teams. And I mean a lot as in more than two hands worth of teams that were calling on Travis Sanheim because teams valued him. So he's a good defenseman. Don't get it twisted that because he played in the tire fire that was Philadelphia this year and was paired with Rasmus Ristolainen. Who was under contract at $5.1 million for another 40 seasons, by the way. Till the end of time. Um, I, Funny, Rasmus Ristolainen got a longer contract than Taylor Hall. Let's just pause and think Hilarious. about that for a second. Hilarious. Um, Chuck Fletcher like, is so bad. Can't wait to watch uh, him on Sportsnet's panel for the draft. Right, but I, I can't be on any television panel because, yeah, anyways, carry on. Um, Yeah, Kevin Hayes is, uh, it's not great. Travis Sanheim would be a nice addition to a St. Louis blue line that eventually is probably going to have Scott Perunovich on it. Um. They've got Joel Hofer coming. So they like I could see Doug Armstrong. He kind of wants to get younger. He's doing this retool on the fly. Some dummy tried to be like Jordan Kairos in this deal. And I'm like, no, he absolutely isn't. Stop making crap up and putting it online. Like Is that I, Dave Pagnata? I don't even think it was him. Like, I think it was somebody even worse. Um, but the bottom line is if you want to be able to trade players, stop handing out trade protection. Like of the league has some sort of trade protection. There are not 200 players that deserve trade protection in the National Hockey League. There's like three players per team, which is 96. Like, stop handing it out. And if they don't want to sign with you because you won't give them trade protection, then they don't sign with you. But if you box yourself in then like what are you doing unless you're a top pair defenseman or a, or a top line player you don't get trade protection end of story that's it it's done the nhl has i believe it's in total has 216 uh uh players i believe with with no trade clauses some form of trade protection oh um i believe that's more than four times any other sport like here's here's how rare it is in the NBA. <laughs> That's so ridiculous. How rare it is in the NBA is that for some reason, like like the the Washington Wizards 
gave Bradley Beal a no trade, a no trade clause. And everyone was like, why the hell would you do that? And it came back to bite them. And they got like a pitiful return for a guy who should be a top, like a top trade chip that it is like every, it is insane. Yeah. There are like, I, I remember when Jay Beagle was given trade protection by oh, yeah. Jim Benning, and I was like, what, sir, are you doing? Yeah, I think... Nick Delorier has a no-trade clause, by the way. Sorry, what? I believe I believe it's Nick Delorier. I have the Philadelphia Flyers up here. That believe... is preposterous. Yeah, um, okay, so yeah I'm Nick Delorier has a modified no-trade clause. If, yeah. you, if you are paying yeah. somebody less than $8.5 million a season, and you give them trade protection... You are a silly goose, and I don't feel bad for you if they nix a trade. Like, I just don't. Because let them walk. Because if the entire league decides we're not giving them trade protection, then guess what? They're going to have to sign without trade protection. This is stupid. Stop handing them out like Halloween candy. But then again, this is what happens when you have a bunch of guys who don't have university educations negotiating with full-blown members of the bar lawyers. That's what happens. They get taken to the woodshed. Like we talk about this guy's contract is so bad for the team. X, Y, Z, X, Y, Z. Well, yeah. Alan Walsh, full-blown lawyer. Pat Brisson, full-blown lawyer. Like we have guys with high school educations negotiating contracts with lawyers. Think about that. Like that is not remotely close to a level playing field. Alex Barabanov has a no trade, has a modified no trade clause. Kyle Palmieri, modified no trade clause. Um, I'm just looking at some of the, like I'm just going around to teams. Some of like, this is not cute. I'm like, I'm just going around to teams and being like, who who have the dumbest who have the dumbest GMs? Oh, Nick Delorier is Nick Delorier is insane. really high up on that list. That is absolutely insane that he has no trade clause. Marco like, Scandella oh. is also really high up on that list. Um, Look, I mean, I'm, obviously Mikheyev. I was looking at Vancouver because they're dumb. Marco Scandella is pretty. That's pretty yeah, rough. Yeah, that's. I feel like the Jets would give out some weird ones. Let's take a look at that. Let's like. No. Let's, I well, feel like I, yeah. Adam yeah. Lowry has a modified no trade clause. Interesting. Uh, Dylan DeMello. Fun. No. Uh, yeah, like like that's yeah. Adam the only Lowry. defenseman. The only defenseman on Winnipeg who should have no trade clause is Morrissey. Everybody else, no. And the only players up front that should have no any sort of trade protection are uh Ehlers and Connor. Yeah, but no, they don't. Uh, dude, Sean Corrali has a no trade clause. What? Boone Jenner. Yeah. Boone Jenner no Sean trade Corrales clause. Sean Corrali's a fourth line player. What are we doing? He's making 2.5 mil, but he has no trade clause. Um Good Branson has a modified no trade <laughs> clause. So okay, never I would like to amend what I'm Nick Delorier is now actually not that Sean Eric Goodbranson is making four by four. Yeah. Andy has a no trade clause. That is that contract is is Seth Jones territory bad. Elvis Mers Lickens, no trade clause. I mean, I can understand that. Like he was a decent goalie yeah. at one time. Christian Dvorak is a modified no trade clause. Um God. Uh, Joel Edmondson has a no trade huh. clause. And so does Okay, Jake so Allen. let's crazy let's, stuff. Sorry, I could I could list these all day. It's insane. But yeah, the moral of the story is um Stop handing out no movement clauses and no trade clauses. And if it means you lose out on a player, unless they're a superstar, you'll probably be better off for it anyways. 
Yeah, and it's yeah. You know what? That's a great way to, to to bow tie that. Let's move on to another trade that could have been, but wasn't. I love. By the way, I love and that the could NHL. still happen. It could, it could still, still happen, happen, but we'll see. I love the NHL, man. The NBA has just like legitimately like like earth shattering trades that are happening right now, and the NHL is like the the two two of our topics here are two trades that could have happened but didn't. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. Here's another one. For some reason. The Carolina Hurricanes wanted to reacquire Tony D'Angelo. Now, here's the thing. Okay, let me. Let I'm me... not even sure if they wanted to reacquire him so much as John Tortorella saying, "Get him out of my dressing room, please, yeah. and off of the ice in front of me." I understand. Look, I, that's the one thing where John Tort—that's like the the heartbreaking, the worst person you know. Makes a valid point. John Tortorella is not the worst person he's you not, know, but he's, he's the worst hockey certainly... coach. I know. No, he's not. I well, I, I don't like him as a hockey coach. I was gonna say, um, do I need I remind you who the former coach of the Toronto Maple Leafs is? Like, oh yeah, my bad. I forgot he was back in I forgot he was also, back in the need I remind you who the former head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks is. The right. Jer- Jeremy Collins? Joel Quinville. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, but I okay. Anyway. <laughs> I meant like tactically. I don't Oh, like him I was much. like, um no, no, no. Um but this is basically, and I know that it's a different GM involved in, on Philly's side, but what they would have done is basically money laundered Tony D'Angelo. Which is so funny. Like, they, <laughs> they, they traded him. They didn't trade him. They traded his rights to the Philadelphia Flyers for a second, third, and fourth round pick in the draft last year. They basically gutted a team that is in the, was supposed to be in the process of a rebuild. They wanted to win, but they were, they were in all intensive purposes the process of a rebuild um at they the tra- behest they, of their coach too he was like no don't do it and they they gutted their their middle draft capital and then they they signed him to a two-year 10 million dollar extension and then on top of that a year later after healthy scratches and spats with his coach and just terrible stuff um the hurricanes were in a process of getting him back basically for free at 50 percent retained it's honestly like it's genuinely so funny because we were at the draft last year and mm-hmm. that trade got announced. And Everyone was laughing. I remember I was you, chuckling. you you looked at the suite I was sitting yeah. in and you just saw me howling. Like we were howling. And it was like, what what are they doing? So effectively you gave up a second, a third, and a fourth for a guy to come in, cause a bunch of problems, be hated by his coach, and then leave? Yeah. Does that sound like th- these people know what they're doing? I mean, kudos to Danny Briere for recognizing, hey, this guy's got to go, like, no matter what. But at what point do you just say, that was ridiculous? Like that was one of those things similar to the Oliver Ekman Larson trade. That was ridiculous. The second it happened, mm-hmm. like everyone saw that one coming. We all said this is same with Rasmus Ristolainen. We were like, this is horrendous. Um, but I, I don't know. Like I think, I think that he was fine in Carolina because he was playing behind Slavin and Pesci and Burns. Mm-hmm. Um, or not Burns, but Slavin and Pesci, and then they got Burns, and that was an upgrade. But he was as sheltered as you can be, and he was right, still but a now, liability. Like I think this is basically just a contingency plan 
in case Carolina has to get rid of Brett Pesci. But, like, let's not get that twisted either. Um, Brett Pesci is a significantly better defenseman than Tony D'Angelo. Like, by a chasmic margin. He can play the the position that is in the title of his position. He can play defense. That is... Yeah, that is usually a good start if you He's can a defense man. do the thing. And the thing about Tony D'Angelo in Carolina is there are enough people in Carolina, be it like Rod Brindamore or Brent Burns or Jacob Slavin or Jordan Stahl, that can pick up Tony D'Angelo by the neck mm-hmm. and be like, get your crap together, starting with his head coach. The reason why D'Angelo is still in the NHL to this day is because of that season he spent in, under Rod in, Brindamore. Under Rod Brindamore. Brindamore was like basically just like cut it out. Like, <laughs> yeah, he was like, listen. He was like, listen, you're gonna we're play doing. hockey and you're gonna shut your goddamn mouth whenever you step off the ice. Like, I don't want to hear a single word from you. I don't want to see a tweet. I don't want to hear a podcast note. Zero zip. You are done. Yeah. So pretty uh uh well and listen, so so the NHL acts that because there, there's language in the CBA that you, you, know, you can't trade a player away and then reacquire them within 12 months, even though it's happened before. Um, well, you like, can. It just cannot be on retained salary. Yes. And the thing is, is the NHL, uh, both sides are like, this is, I mean, first of all, we, did, we traded his rights. Like the contract was signed by Philly. So it's different. And also it was a totally different GM that we traded him to that is trading it back to us. So it's different. Um, I think this deal will get done, honestly, because I think that will it be? Will they be able to though? Yes, because I think it'll go to an arbitrator, and the arbitrator strictly looks at the language, and the language says that Carolina would have had to have signed the contract, Mm -hmm. then traded him and reacquired him. Carolina did not sign that contract. Philadelphia did. His rights were traded, and that's different. So I think. Once the language and stuff gets ironed out, it's I think the deal will go through. And if not, they'll wait until July 9th and they'll know that it's in the top dress desk drawer and everything will be fine. So Tony D is going back to going back to Carolina. Good for him. Good for him. Um, I believe that brings us to the end of the podcast, Rachel, because there has uh, there is a lot. We will obviously be keeping you keeping you, uh, you know, abreast of all the situation as we, uh, as we head into the draft and free agency and whatnot. Um, We're going to be doing a live stream for the first round on Wednesday night. We're going to have a bunch of the THN team writers on to talk about the, the players that they pick and also even teams that aren't drafting in the first round. Um, we're going to have that. And surprise, Mike. Jesse Marshall is going to join us for a bit on the draft live stream. Um, So the three of us will be back together, but yeah, join us. It's going to be a ton of fun. Um, Mike and I are probably going to like mow down some pizza and I'm not going to lie to you. I will probably pour myself a drink at some point. So you might get unfiltered thoughts. (laughs) Sounds like a lot of fun. And uh, yeah, we'll be there to to keep you, uh, keep you tuned in. All stuff. So it'll be it'll be a ton of fun. Until then, we will see you later. <laughs>